0: Well, it's awesome, uh, again, to be sharing with you this morning. just want to start with uh, something I heard this week. Um, a member of a congregation was worried about something, so he went to his pastor and he said, I, I need prayer for something. And the pastor said, sure, you know, what do you need prayer for? And he said, oh, I want prayer for a hearing. So the pastor wet his fingers and he stuck them in his ears and he said, you know, Pray that you open up this guy's ears, and you know whatever's in the way that you just unblock that, and in Jesus' name may be healed. And he said to the to the man, "How's your hearing?" He says, well, "How would I know? Because it's on Thursday." <laughs> my Hearings on Thursday. Anyway, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Um, my Hearings on Thursday. Um, uh, as is customary when I uh, want to share a word um, with a, a certain people, I, I really always ask God to bring something fresh and something new. Because I think there's, God is always about something new and he's always about now and what's happening. Um, and so you don't want to sort of bring up something that's old or um, something you've done before. There's always something that God's mm. wanting to speak and say. And so I'm always wary of that. And I'm always asking the Lord, what is it for this moment right now that you're wanting to say and I got this real strong sense that the Lord wanted me to speak on the notion that God is good that God is good and so I dwelt on this for a few days and I came back and I just are you sure Lord you know know, God is good well that's a pretty basic concept and it's it's pretty fundamental and we kind of know that um, you know what what aspect of that? God is good. That was sort of all I had. So I spent a day this week, and literally a day, poring over commentaries, researching on the internet, uh, you know, looking at at uh, concordances and searching the, the Bible, and looking for that that thing. What is it that you're trying to say? And after a whole day, I came home completely frustrated. <laughs> A whole day of searching, a whole day of researching and, and looking. And I was have you ever had those moments where you know that God's asked you to do something and it sort of doesn't come through and you you sort of, what's going on there, Lord? What's what's happening here? Totally frustrated. I felt like the Holy Spirit say, You're overcomplicating it. <laughs> the message is God is good. <laughs> yeah. We all need to know that God is for us, that God loves us, that whatever situation we find ourselves in, whether it be pain, suffering, strife, God looks at our lives and he has compassion on that situation and his desire is to act and his desire is to show his love for us in the midst of that. He is an ever-pursuing God. His momentum is always forward and towards us. One of the the great things about Christmas is the incarnation. God is with us. God actually entered into our struggle and our strife to show us who he is. In fact, um, one of the main reasons Jesus came to earth, yes, he came to die a sinner's uh, death, He came to take on the sin of the world. He came to rescue us. He came to be a saviour and redeemer. Jesus also came to reveal to us the Father's heart. If we wanted to know what the Father is like, Jesus said, look at me. If you want to know what the Father's like, look at me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And sometimes we have this concept of God that might be a a God that's out to get us or a God that doesn't understand us or a God who is distant but Jesus shows us that his life was one that met with people. He actually entered into their reality and into their suffering and into their world. And he had compassion and he healed people and he fed people and he loved people. And this is the God that we serve. God is good. God is good God is good Um, but sometimes and let's let's be honest we can be we can be real with one another can't we sometimes we struggle with that concept that God is good sometimes doubts creep in when situations happen when when struggles come our way, but the Bible never says that when we trust in God's goodness that life's going to be perfect and wonderful forever. In fact, it says that we're, we're to expect strife and we're to expect trouble. But in the midst of that, God comes to us and reveals to us his goodness. And he can take situations and he can turn them around and he can he can show us that he is in fact good. And so as I was I was dwelling on this morning's message, for some reason the concept of picture frames <laughs> came to mind. Don't know where it came from, it just popped into my head. So if it makes sense, it's the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't, it's just a bad idea from me. Um, so I want to frame. I want to frame God's goodness this morning. That was good, wasn't it? Let's do that again. I want to frame. God's goodness. I want to look at three three things to do with God's goodness. And the first thing is when we have a picture frame. What does a frame do? <laughs> what does a frame do? The first thing a frame does, it makes you look goofy. <laughs> it makes you look, draws your attention, doesn't it, uh, to what's in it. A frame uh, highlights. The subject matter. A frame uh, illuminates what is central to the reason that you put it in. A frame focuses your attention on what is what is real. And the first thing that we need to understand about God's goodness the thing that is central, the thing that is highlighted, the thing that is in the middle that draws our attention to God's goodness is, well, God is good. It's it's about God and God by nature, God's character, who God is to begin with, God himself is good. And um, I... uh, I have a number of verses here that Psalm 119, you are good and you do good. Psalm 106, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. Um, Mark ten eighteen, now, this is really interesting. Why do you call me good? Jesus said when people said, oh, good teacher. And he says, no one is good except God alone. Now, some people have used this verse to say that Jesus wasn't God. It's not actually what Jesus is saying here. He's actually playing with their minds. It's actually being quite cheeky. He's saying, well, you know that God is good. It's in in your scriptures. And if you're calling me good, then what you're actually saying is that I'm God. Because only God is good. Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all, and his mercy is all over his works. Psalm 100, the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting. Naaman 1, seven: the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. 1 Timothy 4, everything created by God is good. Psalm, 1, Psalm 85, you, O Lord, are good, ready to forgive, abundant in loving kindness to all who call on you. 1 Chronicles, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. James 1, every good gift and perfect gift comes from above. comes down from the Father of lights. And 1 John 5, God is light, in him there is no darkness. Do you think the Bible's trying to tell us something? (laughs) There's some more uh, verses for you in my research that come up with the notion that God is good. Scripture is pretty clear and it's telling us that God, in na- by nature, his character, he is good. And um, I've got here a picture of somebody you might recognise. Uh, this, is, this is hung up on our office walls. It's a picture of David Smythe. For those who don't know, this is the, the founding pastor of our church. And I really look up to Dave. I look at his character and I think he is so humble. He is servant-hearted. He is so loving and caring. And that is who he is. That is his nature. That is his character. And if I'm at his house and I uh, fall over on the way back to my car and I hurt my knee, does that change who David is? No. If I... If I disagree with David, oh, that would never happen. Uh, Does that change David? No. David is David and God is God and by very nature, his character, who he is, he is good. And while we're talking about the notion of good, let's let's just define that word. (laughs) Because sometimes we use that word like, how's your day? Yeah, good. Talk to a teenage boy. (laughs) How's school? Good. Yeah. How's the meal? Good. (laughs) When we're saying that God is good, we're not saying God is good. (laughs) We're saying God is good. God is wonderful. God is loving. God is kind. Who he is, his nature, his very being, is holy, is righteous, is light is beauty. That is good. And God is good. So we don't define God's goodness by our understanding of the concept of good. God's character defines the notion of good. See, if we were to define the notion of what good is, then we would be actually making up our own God. We would be no uh, better than those who'd made gods out of stone and wood, and created our own God. But God is the definition of goodness. So first, of, first and foremost, you know He He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're saying that forever He is glorified. Forever, He does not change, and He is good. So the first thing frames do is it draws our attention. It highlights. It identifies the fact that. The subject matter is God Himself and He Himself is good. The second thing a frame does is it defines what is within the frame and what is outside of the frame. Uh, it gives a good edge, doesn't it, to to the subject matter and it and it defines what's out here, it's sort of out here is out here and here's the picture and the frame sort of puts an edge to it, it defines it, it says what is, what is and what isn't and when it comes to understanding God's goodness there, is, there are things that are in the frame, there are things about God and about our lives that we hold as true but there are some things that are out here that aren't actually part of God's design and God's purpose and our understanding of God's goodness. And we live in a fallen world. We live in a world uh, where sin and greed uh, has an effect and choices are made by people and people do things to one another that cause suffering and pain. Those, those things are out here. You know, if I, if I walk up to Ben with a hammer and I knock him on the head, <laughs> you know that would cause Ben pain. He would suffer. His suffering is to do with my choice and my sinfulness and my yeah, me. And and there are things that happen to us in our lives that are a result of a fallen world and are a result of choices and consequences that you make and I make. There are whole nations that are under oppression because of the the um, guilt and the um, the greed of government, and that has an effect on people. Um, and a verse that I want to just draw our attention to. Oh, there it is again. Uh, is Romans eight twenty-eight? Now, this this verse has been. Uh, preached on a number of times uh, from this pulpit and it's a bit of a favourite and it's it's good but I just want to draw uh, your attention to something and that is there are two ways that this verse can be interpreted and both ways are actually correct in terms of the grammatical interpretation of the original Greek. NIV says We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Other translations might, and you might be thinking this, might say something like, we know that God makes all things work together for the good. Can you see the subtle difference? Or we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. There's a subtle difference and it changes the focus of what it is these translations focus on the things working the NIV translation focuses on the fact that in all things god works it's not that and i mean paul in if you look at the context it's talking about suffering it's talking about the spirit actually giving us strength in the midst of our suffering. And Paul, we need to talk about what what is not being said. What is not being said is that um, he does not say that all things are good. Let's call a spade a spade. Child abuse, cancer, tragic accidents, divorce, greed, hunger, war. All these things are evil. Paul is not saying that all things are good. He's not saying that everything will turn out good. That's important to understand too. In life, we understand that not everything ultimately turns out for good. Nor does Paul say that only good things will happen to people who trust God. Bad things happen to good people. Nor does Paul say that everything believers experience is God's will for them. God never wills anything that are a result of sin. What Paul does say is a positive teaching. In all things, whatever circumstance, whatever situation you are in, whatever you are uh, experiencing right now, in all things, God works. Now, the fact that God acts and God works in all things is proof that God is good. It, number one, separates God from all other gods. I mean, if you think of Buddha, dead, inactive. Muhammad, dead, inactive. Uh, Joseph Smith, dead, inactive. God, alive, active. Jesus, alive, active. Holy Spirit, active. It separates God from all our God. So that's what it does. But it also it proves that God is good. Because if God was not good, God would be uninterested in our situations. God would be, eh, you know, I'll set the world in motion, but I'll leave you guys to work the rest out. Uh, I notice that this has happened, but good luck with that. I'm just going to put my feet up and have a cup of tea while... I sort of turn my back on the creation that I've made. The fact that God acts is proof that God is good. God acts in our lives. We know that in all things, all things, God acts. And finally, what a picture frame What do we use picture frames for in our homes? We use picture frames because, and we put things in our picture frames that are meaningful to us. We put things in our frames that reside uh, in our, that have meaning. That uh, whether it be a, a photo of a, of a holiday we've been on or it be a certificate of university degree or it be a a child or a family photo, it's something that touches our hearts, isn't it? That's what we put up on our wall. If you've been to our house, you might have seen this. This is a picture that Jasper drew at Kindy. And the very first time I saw it, they say come and collect your children's artwork and you know there's all kids names and you sort of sort through it and you pull out the kids artwork that they've done and I pull this out and straight away, straight away something happened within my heart. I looked at this picture and I was so proud. I was like, oh my son drew that. Not only was I proud that he did it but it was just what this picture portrayed. The innocence, the happiness, the joy Childhood, the sun, and it resonated in my heart. There was there was a connection uh, with this picture. This is not going to stay up, is it? Um, and and I just love it. I think it's it's beautiful. And and we we put things in picture frames that resonate with us, that that we connect with, and we love to remind ourselves of what it is that we're, we love. We remind ourselves and we're uh, aware of when we walk past it and look at it of, a, of a, an event that's happened or something in our lives that has had meaning, that has had purpose, that has touched our lives, that has uh, been an experience that we remember and, and want to remember. And so it is uh, with God's goodness God not only wants his goodness to be a reality to know, but he wants us to experience his goodness. It's not just about getting a right theology or, or knowing what the scriptures say or knowing that, yes, he works in people's lives. Yes, he acts. Yes, he's good. But God is good for me. God wants his goodness to actually come and invade my space and actually have an effect and for me to actually experience and be changed by his goodness. Um, When I was in Bible college, uh, one of my lecturers talked about the Wesleyan quadrilateral. um, And he talks about how when when we try to, make a concept of what is true and what is right, our theology, what influences how we come to that point are four things. There is scripture. and you know, that's, that's what I did in that first point. There is scripture that guides us. Uh, there is our tradition. So we look to the early church, the, the creeds, uh, the way that the early church dealt with uh, false teachings. Uh, what did they actually come up with? What about the Reformation? What has that taught us? Mm-hmm. There is reason. you know. God's given us a brain to actually think through stuff and, and work stuff out. And there's experience. And the lecturer would say, well, Scripture is number one. Okay, If you were to build a tower, Scripture has to be number one. that has to be the guide. And what's, what's great about being part of of the CRC is that they, we push this. You know, we are a Bible-believing church. Now, if it's in the Bible, we preach it. If it's not in the Bible, we don't. Scripture guides us. Okay, Scripture is number one, and then he'd say, "Okay, get in groups, and you guys come up with the, your tower. How would you, what? How would you order the other things?" And it was a really interesting uh, experience, and I was in a, in a a classroom with a a number of intellectuals. And a lot of them say, oh, yeah, reason. Of course, reason and tradition. Yes, we think about tradition and blah, blah. And they'd say, experience? (laughs) Poo-poo, that idea. Like, what is it even doing here? Experience is so subjective. Your experience is different from your experience and a person's experience in one country is gonna be different from another experience. Experience shouldn't have any influence on truth. (laughs) <laughs> and they said, only those happy, clappy Pentecostals would even consider experience <laughs> having any, any un- influence on what is true. I stand before you and I say, I'm glad I'm a happy, clappy Pentecostal. Because how can we know something is true unless we actually experience it to be true? How can we actually truly know that something is real unless we actually experience it? You know, if I, I believe in skydiving. Um, I think it's real. And I can read about it, and I can interview people who have done it, and I can look at the physics of it. But unless I actually get in a plane and climb to altitude and open the door and jump out, I don't actually know what it's like. I haven't actually experienced it. You know, Bill last week talked about this young girl who perhaps Mm. had a, a troubled... Uh, upbringing and didn't understand love. Love might be a concept or the goodness of God might be a concept that you hear other people talk about but haven't actually experienced it. And he said, you know, I just want to hug her and put my arms around her. And in, in that, she actually then experiences a person's love and experiences a person's care. God wants to come into our lives, into our situations, to our pain, into our suffering, into our trouble. And he wants to put his arm around us and he wants to say, I'm good. I want you to experience my goodness. I want my goodness to actually come and invade your life and actually come and transform you and change you. Um, if you've got your version Bible app, you would have... Re- <laughs> had come up with you this morning the verse which was this verse which was very encouraging Psalm 34 taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see that the Lord is good now seeing might be that sort of head knowledge you know I see I understand I comprehend I see but David says first comes tasting then comes the understanding Um, My daughter loves Jamie Oliver and uh, we went for her birthday to Jamie's Italian and she would tell the the waiters as she was having a meal how much she loves Jamie Oliver and she watches all the DVDs when she's sick in bed and she loves to cook and um, this was a and what happened was we were about to leave and the waitress came up and gave her a package which had his new book in it. And a couple of other things, and said, "Do you want to have a photo with a chef?" And I'm going to put this up on Instagram. And it was just an amazing experience and a wonderful time uh, for us. And one of the good things about uh, Jamie Oliver is, and and our kids' experiences, he he will he'll cook something, but then when he actually goes to eat and taste what he's done, there's just a excitement. There's just a and it's you know the screen is flat and there's no way of getting into it, but it feels like you're there with him, and it makes you want to eat what he's eating, just from his reaction, from tasting something. Oh, it's so good! Oh, you've got to try this. And my son Jackson, whatever he makes, that's it. We're making that. Like whatever's for tea, I don't care. We're having that. I want. I want that. And so it is with. Um, Tasting and seeing. When when there's something good, we want to share it. We want others to experience that that goodness. God wants us to experience what is good. He wants us to taste it. He wants us to uh, experience it in our lives. And that's 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 really important. Now, I understand that there's many people here today, and there's many people with different experiences, and I just wanted to open it up and give people an opportunity to to speak into this this space. Have you had an experience in your life that's been a trial, that's been hard, but experiencing God's goodness has actually given you trust in Him, and has given you strength, and and has given you hope? Does anyone have just a short story that they could share with us? You can be bold. Nobody's experienced God. Oh, here we go. Thank you.
1: trying to make it very brief, Sam. <laughs> it, it's because it's on my mind um, while you were talking and it's about my experience of when I was um, a, a small child, I loved God, but my family was Jehovah's Witness. And I um, preached my ser- first sermon at a, a JW when I was 12 and just was full of the things of God, knocked on people's doors 100 hours a month by the time I was 16. But because the JWs believe that um, Jesus is not God, mm. um, I struggled all my life with the concept that um, I could see Jehovah is good, mm. but I couldn't see that Jesus was good. Mm. And so it was always a struggle. And when I went through Bible college um, and doing my diploma in counseling, was always, at the background, a hard thing, always struggling, struggling about who Jesus really was. And was he really good? Did he really love me? And then um, I was assistant pastor at Prospect Church of Christ for a year, and I had to preach 52 sermons for that year. And it was the biggest struggle in my life to be able to communicate to others that Jesus was good. He was the saviour and he was good. And so this has been a struggle and struggle. So a few years ago, I said, God, I know that the the fullness of the deity dwells within Jesus, um, but show me. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I don't see that. You are good like Jehovah is good. So I decided I would pray in the spirit from the top of the old Belair Road to the bottom of the old Belair Road. I did that for a very, very long time. And one day I was going around one of the bends, and I said aloud Jesus is God and I was so convicted in my spirit Mm. and I felt his goodness and his love and Jesus is now so important to me that I have had Jesus is Lord tattooed on my foot so that I would know, the world would know and the devil will know that Jesus is good.
0: (laughs) Very good. Done by a Muslim. (laughs) (laughs) The tattoo was done by a Muslim, That's, that's awesome. Anyone else, just a quick story of God's goodness being a reality in your life and it changing your experience?
2: On two occasions, I've had people challenge me about God and God's goodness. And in both cases, that they had suffered loss and, and injustice. And my answer to them, I believe in God because ice floats. And they looked at me and that's actually the starting point for the whole um, creation message in that if ice didn't float and it sunk to the bottom, it would never come up and melt and the earth would simply be a ball of ice. And you can just simply build on that with... Um, the fact that our atmosphere almost didn't happen and there were so many physics and scientific things that had to fall into place against the odds for our world to be created. And that was a loving God um, preparing a home for his beautiful creation of beloved people. Mm. And I know that God is good because ice floats. (laughs)
0: So there, there we see the fact that because God is good, He creates good, and we see that in creation. You know, He rested and He looked at all that He made, and it was good. Why was it good? Because He is good, and all that He does is good. And you know, we haven't—I can get the music. To it. We haven't really, on purpose touched on, you know, the notion of why suffering happens uh, in our world. That's a big hookup for many people. But I know that God allowed his son Jesus to suffer. I don't need this, do I? And, but that suffering had a purpose. There was a goal to the suffering of Jesus. And that was that we might be made into His likeness and sons and daughters. We might be drawn up into an eternal glory with Him. That what we're saying about just before I preached, that, you know, our life is temporary and our life is small, yet the God of eternity has made a way for us to be with Him. And we know that the end of the story of the good news of the Gospel is already written. The end of the story is that there is no more tears, there is no more pain, no more suffering that will be drawn into His life and that He's in the process of making us like Christ beautiful, holy, blameless, clothed in white, able to stand before the throne and able to be in right relationship with a good God. And whatever situation you find yourself in this morning, know that whenever the Word says that the Lord is good, the most often the most common thing that's said after that is that his love endures forever. The Lord is good, his love endures forever. Whatever situation you find yourself in, know that God's love prevails. God's love never runs out. God's love is never used up. God's love is here and now. He wants to pour it into your hearts. He wants to pour it into situation. He wants to declare his goodness over your life. He wants to act in your situation. And he wants an experience of his goodness to actually change your life. So that next time it happens, you're reminded over and over again, He's worthy, He's trustworthy, He is faithful, He is good. He's good, He's good, He's good. We're going to sing a song that we sang last week and it's a song we know well, but in the light of the message this morning, I just wanted to perhaps open up a time. If you're going through something right now, if you're struggling with something, God desires to come into that space. And He wants to shower you with His love. He wants you to experience His true goodness and love for you. So as we sing, I'm gonna invite the prayer team out the front, and I'm gonna be out the front too. And as we sing, if you, you know, I've heard about God's goodness. You know, I've read about it. I've seen it in other people's lives. But for me personally, I haven't yet fully had that. Then God is here and God wants to come and He wants to wrap His arms around you and He wants to say, you are my child. I love you. I love you. I love you. So let's stand and sing. And if that's you, just feel free to
2: come straight out the front. And we'd just love the opportunity to pray with you.